millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We were joined by Clive Tildesley, a man who had Gareth Southgate at his wedding. No yeah, absolutely. He's a good friend and a former colleague. And yeah. uh, it's a lot of love for Gareth. Yeah, and gave us a real insight into the man. Um, we also had a chat with Kevin Day, comedian and Palace fan, yeah, who said his work his work life balance could be affected this week. He'll explain he's all. Very excited about, about England. Yeah, very excited about England. Talked about the new um, Palace manager. We went off to uh, the states to speak to one of the organisers of uh, the Coney Island Hot Dog Eating Championship, which took place, as always, yesterday. Um, I-, I reviewed it as well. You did, Andy. Yeah. Watched it uh, go out live. And uh, we had some uh, Clips of the Week pewter for you. We brought you those. Uh, Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. And I'm delighted that England are in the semi-final because it's it's another two days of the world and his wife asking, should Gareth go with a three or a four? Yeah. Honestly, (laughs) that's what I heard all last week. Every time I turn, well, I don't know, should he go with a back three or a back four? I don't know. I'm sure he'll make the right decision. He knows what he's doing. I think we we should be in a position now to trust him uh, by this stage. Now, before we get stuck into the football, Mm. um, uh, Andy, uh, you may recall, if you were listening to this show back in 2018, during the World Cup, there was one particular show where it was like working with Michael Jackson. So I was sitting alongside a man, constantly grabbing at his crotch and adjusted himself. I was waiting for you to go, ooh, but you didn't. No, I didn't. I it was like a Michael Jackson uh, tribute act. But what happened was Andy told us that day that he brought some undercrackers on tour and uh, they were playing him up. Yes. Um, later on, about a week later, uh, it, again, he was doing it again. And I said, he said, I, I thought it might be these ones. I said to him at the time, throw them away. This is three years ago. Throw them away. They're clearly, you know, you're, you're going to get arrested walking around like mm. doing that. So he's coming today and he said, oh, not these ones again. <laughs> three years on, the, the unwearable underpants. Andy's unwearable underpants. I don't know if David Williams is listening. <laughs> I'm wearing but, them till we get knocked out of the tournament but, or uh, win it. <laughs> oh, wow. No, you'll, you'll, be get, you'll get five years before then if you keep walking down or sitting on the tube doing what you're doing next to me. So why didn't you throw them away, Andy? I don't know. It's a good question, but I will be throwing them away after the tournament. Why, but, don't, you, oh, why yeah. don't we burn them? Somewhere ceremonially, I don't know, at Wembley. Yeah, Let's Wembley. go and burn them at Wembley. I think you take them to the box park. I, do, I want them in a lead line box. <laughs> Three year old underpants. That's not great. We've got, we've got to congratulate Charlie Baker. I can't get over that, that he's found this. this well, I, I don't know if it's Charlie's. I don't know if he's. Uh, this is a, an old do and we didn't really. Charlie has found her, but this is very lovely old lady on Facebook that he's found called Carmen Holm. Um, <laughs> C A R M E N H O L M. Carmen Holm. It's Carmen Holm. It's Carmen Holm. I thought we should get her on just so we can say that but she looks like a lovely old dear but the trouble is if England get knocked out either oh, yeah. on Wednesday or, or they lose in the hater people are going to turn on Carmen home <laughs> and blame her for England losing which would be a bit much wouldn't it I know. so Carmen if you're listening I doubt she's um, she may be a massive football fan I don't know but um yeah just prepare yourself gird yourself for the fallout even though it isn't your fault no, it's true. So what a game! Um, what a evening. game! We Tremendous. all had a cigar on. I don't think any yeah. of us could. It was you know watching a game of football like that when you're relaxed is is a joy, isn't I, it? I enjoy it. Fletch said he likes a bit of jeopardy, <clears throat> and uh, a lot well, of he's said, Scottish. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's I, I enjoy it. It's relaxing when yeah. your team's three or four nil up. You don't have that 
angst. No. Uh, they played really well. Seeing the game out, you're just hoping that no-one gets injured uh, or booked. I mean, I don't want to tempt fate. Um, mm. I'm joining Carmen home in the stocks on Wednesday, mm. but we've been very lucky so far. We've not had any key bookings. We've not had any bad injuries. I'm thumping wood, as I say. No, we've, exactly. We've not been sawn off, have we? Any big decisions, particularly against no. us? No. Well, that, so let's hope it stays that way. Let's hope it yeah. stays that way, yeah. I, I love the, some of the after-match quote tweets that you get. Uh, one bloke said, uh, he said, mm. uh, Kenny Norman, 25 from Bermondsey, said, yes. that was amazing. I could hardly breathe. It was the best moment of my life. Wow. I think he's, you know, it's a bit of an exaggeration. He's got nowhere to go in the semi-finals and final, then, <laughs> is he? the quarter-final, really. Yeah. And, uh, but we were talking, um, you mentioned pants and lucky pants, about superstitions. And the yeah. star did a mm. very good thing. They sort of rounded up a few that England fans, sort of they, they noticed on social media. Mm. And um, one fan, Paul, said, me and my seven-year-old son, Henry, sit in the same seats on the sofa wearing freshly cleaned England shirts for each game. In two games where he's gotten up to pee, we scored, so we now load him up with water and juice before the kickoff. He's doing it for the country. And uh, another bloke said, uh, "Nick's and I, start, I don't know who Nick is, but give me his name now, like I know him." He started as a joke. It started as a joke, sending a picture of me eating a vindaloo before our first game. Now I've had one before every game except the Scotland mm. match, so I've got to do that. And one bloke, Barry, said, "I cut my hair five minutes before Germany England England won, so I shaved my head five minutes before Ukraine." versus England. Even there, like Terry Savannah, now, only by the time of the final. There are things you've done in the tournament, or <laughs> yeah. maybe for the first time, I don't know, on Saturday, you're thinking, got to do that Wednesday. Definitely got to do that Wednesday as well, if England have got any chance. Let's so do let us know. That poor fans, little boy, all, though. I, I don't think I've ever met a football fan that isn't superstitious no. in some way. So it'd be interesting to hear what you do and what yeah, you do. Yeah, if there is a... Um, around these England games, ideally, would be good. Um, this is from Music who says, delighted to be in the semis, haven't touched a drop of alcohol since the second group game. Not planning to change that before 21.45 uh, on the 11th of July, subject to extra time and or penalties. <laughs> but that little boy, you said, so Dad's loading him up with fluids, so he, he <laughs> keeps wanting to go to the loo <laughs> during the match. Brilliant, on the off chance it? it might be a goal. Well, it's, it's happened, so, you know. OK, well, look, if there's things you've got to do on Wednesday that you did on Saturday... Let us know what they are. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Bernie Jacobs here on TalkSport. Understandably, a lot of love for Gareth Southgate at the moment. Mm. Even those who along the way have been down at his team selections are now saying, all right, we trust you, Gareth. <laughs> Whoever you want to pick, whatever formation, uh, we trust exactly. you. Uh, and I think he's earned the right. Joining us now to chat about him, uh, a man who knows him very well. We say he was his commentary wingman for many years on ITV. So, good friend Clive Tilsley. Good afternoon, Clive. 
Hi, guys. Sure. Good, yes, thank you. We should you. congratulate yes. Clive on his wedding anniversary. Oh, yes. Can congratulations, Clive. Well, then the wedding photo that you sent out, um, there's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's Gareth in, in the congregation. Did you spot the guy in the row behind him? Did you recognise oh, him? Know, it was a who's who. Yeah. Ah, yeah, he's going to look at it now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that one yeah, with you, you Andy. You carry on talking, yeah. I'll I mean, guess. You, you know him very well, Andy, and I know him a bit. Um, and kind of what you see is what you get. I mean, I, I think he is a decent guy. He always has been. I mean, I've known him as a player all those years ago when he first started at Palace. He's a very decent man, isn't he? Lloyd Grossman. That's it, is he? No, is he? Lloyd? Andy's yeah. not very bad eyes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Martin O'Neill is the correct answer. Yeah. Well <laughs> Lloyd Grossman. It's an easy mistake easy, to make. Easy to mistake, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah, all I can tell the listeners is that the Gareth Southgate that they see, feel as if they know but don't know, is the same Gareth Southgate that I know. Um, there is no PR facade. There is no um, carefully veneered public mask. Um, that is the man. And um, I think it's a strange thing. I I've written a whole chapter about him in, in the book. And um, what we tend to do with people when they are in the public eye is we laud them for their qualities. And then we get a bit bored with those qualities. And if there are any doubts at all, we start to say, oh, he's too nice. Yeah, he's too much of a, mm -hmm. a diplomat. Um, the very things that we love about him, we almost start to hold against him, almost as if we become a little bit weary of just how good a guy he is, and we wonder whether he's ruthless enough, and we wonder whether he's hard enough with the players, and so on and so forth. Believe me, he's a centre back. There are no good, there are no nice centre backs, and he has very, very strong opinions about what he sees, and he will not think twice about leaving somebody out of the team who you and I may think is undroppable. It's funny you should mention that because I was thinking this on Friday and Saturday over the weekend about managers who coach in their own image and coach in their own position. And he has had criticism for being a bit cautious and a bit defensive. And he and he was a defender. But on the other hand, he was a defender who could play it out from the back. Yeah. And, and I also think that he has looked at this tournament and come to two conclusions. One, that whilst England have a lot of very, very talented players. And that's really going to work for us because our bench is so strong. And whoever he selects to start the semi-final, there's, there's a possibility, a likelihood really, that five substitutes will be needed and there will be five really, really good players. But not too many players with big, big winner's medals or big international experience. And I think that is something that he is cautious about. He always promotes youth. He has a restless nature. He always wants to know what is coming next. If it's a choice between A and B for the squad, he's likely to go with the guy who'll give him more further down the line and try to find out a little bit more about him. I think the second thing I would say, and this is part of his, it, it's easy to call him intelligence. It's an innate intelligence. It's a football intelligence. It's actually a pretty streetwise intelligence. And what he's seen over the course of the last year is what we've all seen, weary footballers, I, we find it difficult to have any sympathy for them because they're famous and they're wealthy and so on and so forth. And they should be athletic and they should mm. be able to play for 90 minutes every few days. But they are weary. We can see that. And so I think he's tried to manage that. I think he's probably come to the conclusion that the only way to win this tournament under the pressure that they're under with all of the uh, with all of the scrutiny mm. is carefully. I, I think he probably felt from the beginning we can't win it gloriously. We might have glorious 20 minutes like we had in the quarterfinal, but we've got to play this stealthily and we've got to be smart and wise. It was interesting, he was saying to Faker others after the game the other night that <clears throat> he beats himself up and spends more time worrying about the three boys that don't make the bench from the 26 to the 23. And we, we hopefully will chat to someone later on who's been on the receiving end of going to a tournament and not playing. But, it, you know, we saw the arm round Jack Grealish at the end. We saw him go straight around on Ramsdale and he... He's, he's very keen on making sure this is a squad and not just not just a team and some resentment from the boys in the back room. When England last played Denmark in a tournament international, I was there. It was Nigata, uh, Japan. Um, England won 3-0. Watching for the bench that day, part of the squad. Yeah, he's been there. Gareth Southgate, you know. But I don't know how many minutes he got in that tournament. I'm not sure he ever got on the field. And um, so he is, he, he has seen it. We, we talk a lot about 
the experience that he had walking forward to take that penalty against Germany and having to live with the consequences afterwards. But he has a very rounded experience. He's, of course, been an England under-21 coach. I remember at the Brazil World Cup, I bumped into him and had a bit of lunch with him one day, and he was scouting. He was, he was working on behalf of the management team scouting opponents. So he knows the job from, from all sides. And therefore, because he's sensitive... And, um, you know, because he's very much a 21st century guy with a good uh, responsibility towards fine pastoral care, as well as coaching and, and, and tactics, um, he, he, he can see exactly what the guy who's number 26 is thinking, as, as well as he can think what Raheem Sterling's thinking. I like his flexibility too, as well. I mean, when Grealish was being put forward by a lot of people because he was playing really well, and Gareth didn't seem to really be that keen. He changed his mind. He was prepared to change his mind, and now he's embraced him. And obviously, Grealish has thrived. I I talked to him uh, uh, privately, obviously, quite a bit about Jack Grealish uh, during the course of of the last year. He has brought Jack Grealish into the England picture on his time, on Gareth's timetable, not on anybody else's. But he always wanted to bring him in. He could, he could always see something in him, and. You look at who got the most minutes in the two pre-tournament games uh, that we played, which were strange matches. Gareth almost didn't even really want those games. Uh, but he played Grealish in both of them because Grealish had not played in the closing months of the season. He needed minutes in his legs. You know, we're talking about a guy, however much you love him, he, he was 70 80% fit at the start of the mm-hmm. tournament. So it would have been irresponsible almost to have played him from the outset when there were players in, in better physical conditions. So don't for one moment think that he's got anything against Trent Alexander-Arnold or Jack Grealish or anybody who's not in the squad. I I, I don't know, Madison, anybody who's not in the squad. He, he, he doesn't do that. He doesn't have favourites. He has players that he trusts. He rates international experience, certainly on a par, if not higher, than recent club form, what they've done in an England shirt, particularly in an England shirt in a tournament, that counts for an awful lot in his book. And I think he's right to, to put a uh, you know a, a high kind of um, a high a high estimation on that experience. Clive, finally, you you did Czech Republic Denmark with Ali, didn't you? Um, so I thought you'd be well placed to. Tell us what you make of them. You've done your work on them. We've we've all seen them play. So I, th- I, you know, I think it should be an entertaining but tough game for England on Wednesday. They were jiggered in the second half. They really were. Um, I mean, they they played really well in the first half. They were two up and deserved to be. And it was almost as if they didn't want half time to come again. I I think it's been a challenging. Uh, 15, 18 months for conditioners and fitness coaches and so on, just kind trying to gauge where the players are at. And we are seeing players pull up with muscle injuries. We we saw it in quite a lot of warm-ups in the Premier League last season, players pulling out in the half hour before kickoff. I thought Denmark looked really, really tired in the second half, almost that they couldn't quite get going again in the second period. Um, Simon Kier, who is a huge personality for them, was a doubt prior to that match. He was holding a kind of back of his leg, tight muscle towards uh, the end of it. Um, they, you know, they have lost their very best player. Mm-hmm. And, and while they're drawing a certain amount of inspiration from that, obviously they would much, much prefer to have Christian Eriksen on the field and firing from the start of the match. I think they're a really good side. I think if England play <clears throat> carefully as they did in the first half of the quarterfinal and don't encourage trouble, um, I think as long as they manage the game and retain a certain uh, level of grip on the game, I think that in the final third of the match, um, we'll have too much for them. And I think we'll beat them. I really do. Good, so Good. you're right. Uh, you're the right, book Clive? Uh, Clive was referring to was not for me, Clive, his autobiography that yeah, he came and saw us to have a chat about. So lovely to talk to you, Clive. Uh, all the best. We will catch up with you soon. Enjoy the match. Yeah, I just say I wrote a few thousand words on Gareth six months ago for that book. I wouldn't change a single word knowing what I know uh, now he is that consistent. He is that man. Excellent, brilliant, nice one. Thanks, Clive. So, yeah, Clive so Tilsley uh, won't be anybody calling for him to go on Wednesday yeah. <laughs> on Thursday morning. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's not do that, eh? No, let's, please, please, let's not question everything. If <laughs> one goes in off the back of you know Dolberg's backside with a minute left, let's, 
We will, but we shouldn't. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Uh, Gab Cancello's been in touch. The things that you did on Saturday, you're going to have to do again on Wednesday, whether you like it or not, otherwise England will lose. I'm going to order the same meal from the same restaurant. Penne Pomodoro, garlic bread, strawberry cheesecake, and wear my Harold Lloyd Safety Last T-shirt. <laughs> Very <laughs> England, the old Harold Lloyd. Yeah. Uh, Marvellous. Uh, Harold Kane, possibly, <laughs> hanging from a clock. Exactly. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> should set that up. Uh, joining us now uh, to talk a bit of uh, Palace. Mm. They have a new manager at last. We've, we caught up with him. There was others he weren't quite so keen. Mm. I'll see what he makes of Patrick Vieira and his thoughts on the Euros. Comedian, writer... Uh, Kevin Day. Good afternoon, Kev. Hello there. How are you? Good, thank you, Kevin. Yeah. So, uh, are you are you pleased with the appointment of Patrick Vieira? Yeah, England are doing well, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I am. Do you know, I'm, I'm. I'll just explain. I'm currently at work. It's the first of the new series of League of Their Own, and I'm slightly distracted by seeing Jamie Redknapp trying on the pair of shorts 15 yards away. Oh, OK. Um, <laughs> I, um, do you know, we, we joked, you, if you remember, Paul, mm. about three days after the season ended, we were chatting on air, and I, I mentioned that somebody, a mate of mine, had, had heard on another radio show that Patrick Vieira was in Beak Street, and that obviously meant he was seeing Steve Parrish. And if, if he'd become our manager six weeks ago, I'd have been really happy. I'm just, I'm just worried that we haven't got our first-choice manager. Patrick Vieira, so I think... A mate of mine um, has been doing some really deep research, and his record at Nice is actually actually very good. Hmm. His record at Nice in the first uh, season and then the Cataldes, his record was good. His record at New York wasn't bad, and and there was a time at, at, at Man City when he was ahead of I think he was head of development and academy there when people were talking about him as the next the next manager of City somewhere along the lines, and, and that his career path would take him there. And I, I don't think at that stage he would have expected his career path to take him to Thornton Heath, and I, I just worry that I just worry that he's he's clearly not our first choice. I mean, I think he's I, I, I think he's a good manager, but I would have been much happier if he'd been our manager six weeks ago. And it's, and also that's not the issue. The issue is that we it's the first day of pre-season training today, and there's there's nine Palace players. Yeah. They're, they're probably they're probably all turning up thinking the social distancing is going much better than it used to be. But <laughs> so that's that, that's the big issue. But I think I think what's brilliant from the player's point of view, I mean, Vieira's reputation as a player, you can't beat it. So hmm. I think I think he will impress. I think he will impress the players more than maybe someone like a, a, a technical coach like Steve Cooper might have might have struggled to come into a Premier League environment. And that that whole show of medals, not that Palace players have got many medals to show, but I think I think Vieira, just by his force of personality and by being who he is, will mm. will command some respect. So I'm not I'm, I'm not I'm not desperately disappointed by it. And and with hindsight, I think he's probably a, a better bet than Nuno would would have been for us. But it's just it's just such a shame that he you know we we haven't presented it as though he's the guy we wanted all along. We're, we're really pleased to get him, but. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he's, you know, he's got a difficult job. As like I've said before, we've replaced a manager who's 99.9% guaranteed to keep us in the Premier League with one that isn't, basically. So it's a, it's a tricky task for him. And he's only got a couple of weeks to perform it, and that's the problem. Yeah. And recruitment's going to be key, isn't it? And there's paper talk again about Zaha going, and that probably that's one of the oh, ways you can... God. I know, but you can fund, you know, it's a difficult one. And then Eze, his best likely to be his best players are going to be out probably for at least half the season so at least half so yeah. well, the, the, the trouble with, with recruitment as well Andy is that every club in the Premier League needs a striker a creative midfield player and a centre back and mm. uh, we're, you know, we're competing with them as well and, and again Vieira may help, help, help get players in but if it's taken us this long to get a manager it doesn't feel we were confident about getting players in to be perfectly honest that's the that's the worry, and we need we need so many of them. Clearly, some of the players we do have will will be stay will be offering new contracts. But then again, they're all over the age of thirty, so he's got he's, he's got a massive problem. And it's just one of those things you kind of think, well, let give Roy another season and do the recruitment during that season, and then bring a new manager in. But yeah, whatever way, we're, yeah, we're happy. We will get, he'll get a really good welcome. I, at least he'll have seen Sellers Park as an Arsenal player, so it won't come as a surprise to him. Apparently, Frank De Boer was very taken aback when he first saw Thornton Heath for the first time <laughs> and asked, asked to be taken to the real ground. He thought, he thought it was an English prank. Here's the bedsit you're staying in as well for the next six weeks. Right? So, but, yeah. No, I think it, it, it is exciting, but it's just, as usual, Palace have done it the wrong way around. You know what I mean? But it, yes, it is exciting. Mm. And I, I think he's... He's he's already saying the right things, which is great, and yeah, you know, there'll be. A, I'm sure the the HF will do a massive French banner for him, so 
but he's, he's got a difficult task. But just thank God we got a manager. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, was, I was worried about that on Saturday. I, just, I was worried that England would win a trophy before Palace get a manager. So, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, before we let you go, uh, are you recording a League of Their Own show on Wednesday evening at eight o'clock? There's a. <laughs> It's currently the subject of debate. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I I thought it might be, considering <laughs> the cast. <laughs> technically, technically, yes, we are. But uh, it's it's going it's to be brought forward. Basically. You'd have a quite a distracted um, audience. Never mind panel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, luckily there is there's no audience. Basically, they've oh. decided not to have people back. But nobody. And I mean, for a start, all this, the cameras will just have wooden dummies behind them. Because <laughs> the <cameras> <laughs> this, I mean, this is a must. Not a must-read, but it's a must-watch game, and it's, it's just been, I can't... Do you know, I know I've said this, but I probably have said this before other tournaments. I can't remember being more excited about an England team. We're, we look for the, Finally, we look like a modern European football team, regardless of what happens. Mm. And I, I think I've got the natural pessimism of all England fans. I think we'll get through... We'll get through against Denmark and then concede all the goals. We'll be four 0 down at half time against Italy in the final. But I just think, I just think, I just think this is a really good England team. Do you know what I think? The massive difference is, I think the fact that we haven't got players from just four teams this squad. I think the fact that there's, we got players from all teams. So there's no players. The players have grown up together as well. They've won games at previous levels. Pep Guardiola is as important in this process as Gareth Southgate is because he changed the way Premier League football was played. And, in the last four years. Premier League players are more used to possession football now the way football's played at the highest level. So I've just I just think it's got the I can't I can't well I didn't watch the last five minutes of the journey. Even tuning it up it was too much for me. I had to pace up and down. But <laughs> so so the, so the Ukraine game is great. But this is a and they, do you know what? And this is a strange thing to say. They just seem like a nice group of lads as well, which mm. really helps. Yeah, no, it you know absolutely I mean? it does. does. Yeah, it does. You had, you, you had that generation with the Ferdinands and the, the Lampards and the Beckons and the Roos, all brilliant players, but they they never seem to be particularly happy playing for their country, whereas these boys really do seem to be happy, and that, and that rubs off. And again, mm. I think if we, even if we don't get to the final, you think, well, two semi-finals in two major tournaments, that's, yep. that's fantastic, that's progress. Yeah. And that's, uh, when's the last time we've been out to say that? It's brilliant. No, absolutely. Kevin, uh, all the best. Yeah. Good to talk to you. Thanks very much. Lovely to talk to you both. Nice to see Thanks, you. Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. Kevin point about the club rivalry, because that did mar a lot of, you know, there yeah. was a lot of rivalry between Manchester United, Chelsea. Yeah, and, and like Kevin said, the cliques also, have got over. When Greg Dyke said that England will win the 2022 World Cup, I, amongst many, many there people... There was the clock, the countdown scoffed. clock at St George's. We scoffed, but I looked it up. It was the 4th of September, 2013. Yeah. You think now, you know, going into it, well, the we progression... We haven't won the Euros yet, Andy. No, but the progression We've got of to the get team, Carmen home on, haven't we? <laughs> we have. This, on this basis. No, no, even if we don't win this tournament, I mean, you, you have to think, you know, we'll be one of the teams in with the shout for the World Cup. What do you think we'll be there or thereabouts next year in Qatar? I do. 08717. Well, Greg Dyke said we will. Well, we? that's good enough for me. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, no one wants to be the reason the jinx, the bock, if you oh, will, no. yeah, absolutely. for uh, England mm. on uh, Wednesday, which means doing exactly what you did on Saturday before the Ukraine game on Wednesday. And uh, Michael's put his foot down. He said, I've got a wall chart up in the exact space that's been reserved for a mirror my wife has ordered prior to the tournament. The mirror has now arrived, but I'm refusing to take the chart down. <laughs> Good man. Or even move it in case it jinxes the team. I think, you know, you can reason with the misses on that one, I'm sure. I think, I think Sensible right. move. The mirror's forever. You know, it's only yeah, for Sunday. That's true. Hopefully. Um, keep those coming. Talksport.com and text 1889. You have to keep it till next year to Qatar. That's right. If that mirror's not going up, <laughs> just sit there in the corner getting very dusty. I've worn the same England shirt and same England flag for every game. Do you wear a flag? I suppose well, you, you can do. do yeah. Visiting different fan parks to watch the games. Torn smelling of stale beer and other various stains on the shirt and flag. I can't wash it until we lose. Oh, yes, I know. Dom feels... in Blackpool. Give him a, give him a swerve, won't you? <laughs> In the fan park. There's a letter today in the Daily Star. I reckon this same letter, you could have found this same letter for every tournament going back 35 years at least. Quite possibly. Today's players are ruining this great game. The least touch and they're rolling over as if they've been hit by a bus. Yeah. It's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> What's the point of writing that letter, mate? Yeah. It's, it's, do you I think, think that's that an original thought? Fired off in a fit of pique yeah. after watching uh, Italy in the, uh, in the closing minutes. 
Anyway, uh, we we're going to speak about the Coney Island hot dog competition. And yeah. I logged it yesterday, I, like I do a football match. Yeah, ESPN always show an hour of it. Mm. And they put it out last night at, at 10 o'clock. I didn't watch it. I'm, I'm going to watch it tonight, Andy. But it's, uh, well, I watched it live at 5 o'clock. Oh, did you watch it afternoon. live? That's I watched impressive. it live. And BT lost the last five minutes of the competition. What a disaster. It's a complete disaster. But I finally found a sport that my wife likes. because it's, She likes watching competitive eating. Well, it's eating. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty... I was thinking, do they have breakfast before the competition? Well, we're going to ask one of the organisers. So what does Joey Chestnut, who is, is yeah. the current king of competitive mm. eating... Spoiler alert. Um, what does he have for breakfast? I mean, That's does he have a point. light breakfast? Or imagine Honestly, he does. He looked terrible by the end of it, really. Well, you would do. Well, they all look ter- They all look so ill yeah. by the end of it. <laughs> he can't be healthy at all. Uh, but I've worked out Chestnut's style. He's a bit like a hamster. I've watched him. I reckon he studied the hamster eating. Really? He's got, he kind of, he's got that... He just puts the it in like, Yeah, I, can, I think people he, can hear the noise, but... Um, yeah, it's two I dogs. Imagine... Two dogs at a time. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> He had wetting the buns. <laughs> He's tremendous, honestly. Yeah. And he condiments, well, condiments I mean, are optional. Really? Oh, yeah. You haven't got time to pour a delicate <laughs> little bit of sauce on, though. And he had 76 hot dogs oh, no. in 10 minutes, the winners, and we'll uh, talk more a little bit later on. <laughs> I just love the build-up. It's so brilliant the way they do it. They, get, they bring the guy on, and George Shea, who I think we're going to be talking to. We're speaking to his brother, oh, who's co-organiser. George does the Michael Buffer-style intros. Yeah. Oh, tremendous. And they go, He's the steak-eating champion of the world. Really? <laughs> he once ate 5.1 pounds of shrimp cocktail in eight minutes. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> Gordon Hungry Hazard. He had yeah. 11 pints of ice cream in six minutes. But the one I like... I imagine he's a bit of a Gideon hazard. Gideon OG. He's the world kale-eating champion. Have you ever eaten kale? You know how mm. difficult it is to digest. Yeah. He ate 25... 25- Kale salads in eight minutes. I mean, at least it's healthy. I suppose you can argue. Yeah. That. <laughs> no, it's Honestly, bonkers. That is bonkers. I know, it's fantastic, really. Mm. But uh, to me, the sausage does seem easier than the bun. The bun's the problem. Well, the really. bun has to be wetted. But anyway, we'll get all the techniques. One, one bloke was a personal trainer. Honestly. Really? Well, yeah. this is the thing. They're all in, most of the people you watch doing it. Uh, well, they yeah. are before the competition. Well, no, <laughs> not after. Most of them are generally in pretty good nick. Do you see what Billy Gilmore? <laughs> see what, what edged it for Billy Gilmore to go to Norwich? Oh, I thought you Delia. meant Delia. <laughs> not, I not thought Billy was in. Billy it. Gilmore can eat twelve <laughs> cooked breakfasts in. Tw- no, he can't. No, but he's um, he, he met Delia. Twelve haggises. Now that's very rude. No, one. no, no. But I mean, well, you say it's route one, but our friend Dave Tully was so insistent on me trying the haggis it's, it's when good. we were in Glasgow. I mean, he just go on and on about it, so I had to try it. Did so, you? Eat? It's nice, isn't it? All right. Okay. Um, it's average, really. It's like gritty. Okay. <laughs> okay. You are a very fussy eater, though, as we've really, established. Yeah. Um, yeah, he said of meeting Delia, she just loves football, doesn't she? And yeah. she loves Norwich. She was really He went to dinner with her. Mm. Uh, she was really happy for me to be there. She talked about how good the Euros were. She's a lovely woman. I look forward to seeing her again. So she was. She she sealed the deal to, yeah. to, to take Why him to Norwich. That's uh, a good signing for them. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully for him, too. So, um, yeah, I noticed the. Actually, people haven't really discussed the Uniforia ball that much. Normally in a tournament, it's a, it's a topic of great discussion. But mm. the, have you noticed this ball that if you hit it on the sweet spot, I mean, you saw Rice's shot. Yeah. It goes like an absolute rocket. It doesn't really move that much. Whereas, you know, most balls won't do that. So it's, it's quite interesting. And how could Felix Brick not play any added time at the end? I've got this theory about referees when they do this that it's basically that they. they just they've had a lot to drink during and they're busting for, for you, a week. you need to go to the toilet. Well, you why, don't think it was to avoid... You, how could you not... All right, we're 4-0 up. Yeah. But I actually had a bet on 5-0. I was quite disappointed. I thought, well, we'll keep going for another three or four minutes. So my bet might come off. OK, well, that's... I mean, why don't you call Felix and let him know that then? I'm sure he would have been quite happy to add three or four minutes on... By there the was time no way I get in... to Felix, yeah. I won't be happy. <laughs> there, was, there was no chance of England scoring another goal at that point. No they problem. were conserving and their they energy. Were, they had no were. interest in scoring another goal. Yep. So, uh, I went to the beach all day in Tel Aviv, says Anthony. I think he lives there. He didn't come from... <laughs> Doesn't live in Streatham. It's a long way to go. Followed by a barbecue. Well, then watch the match. Looks like I'm going to have to take the day off on Wednesday. Very well, nice. Well, yeah. What a hardship. Um, yeah. Do you want belt watch? Sheva wore a nice belt. Yes, on yeah. Saturday. 
Shevchenko, but mm. uh, Gareth's still not. I've decided if we win, I'm going to actually go out and buy him a belt. You're going to go and buy him? That'd be yeah. nice. Nice touch. We'll have a whip round it. We'll get him a good belt. <laughs> yeah, good belt, yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Tonight, being a, a kind of rest night football, I take a deep breath and I can enjoy an hour's worth of prime highlights on ESPN of uh, the Nathan's Hot Dog uh, eating contest at Coney Island in Brooklyn. It's I've a, already seen it. I watched, you watched it, it live. live, Andy. Such is your commitment to the world of competitive it. eating. You watched it go out live. It was a, a fantastic uh, event, dominated once again by uh, uh, the king of uh, hot dog eating, Joey Chestnut, who broke his own world record <clears throat> yesterday. It takes place every 4th mm. of July. And uh, Richard Shea is the president of uh, Major League Eating and joins us now. Richard, very good afternoon. How are you guys? How's things in the great old UK? Well, really? yeah, we're good. We're very much what, in... Uh, what, a, what an occasion yesterday. Tremendous. See the crowd there. Back. No, so <laughs> yeah. it was. 5,000 people on hand, you know, compared to last year when there were no fans. Stunning. It was really, um, it was really stunning. You know, we've never... I, we do it in the corner of Surf and Stillwell, which is, as you can imagine, in Coney Island, it's, it's crazy. And there's no ticketing and there's no gate. And it's just a free-for-all on a typical year. And then last year inside... Uh, which was just terribly dispiriting, but at least we had the event. And then this year, um, it, it, like literally, I'm, I'm not given to hyperbole, but it was an emotional thing to see these fans come back and, mm. and, uh, and fill that stadium. And, and, you know, we're doing the broadcast, so I'm kind of in a box and I'm not really noticing it. And then you turn around and all of a sudden the place is full and it was really, uh, it was really heartening. One of, one of the beautiful things about this competition, and you all know it's a bit of fun, but you treat it. I can absolutely, the, the way it's broadcast, the way it's reported on, the way it's presented is exactly like a real major league, major sporting event. I think that, that makes it really special. This is the World Cup. <clears throat> this is the Masters. Uh, it is the Super Bowl. Uh, it's the 4th of July hot dog eating contest. There's nothing better in all of sport. <laughs> well, I mean, Joey Chestnut dominates again. You, you won there. Can he eat one more? And he did. I didn't fancy him. I thought he looked ill. He, he, looked, he looked full already. I thought as he came to the podium, he was almost filling his stomach. I was thinking, yeah, what if he's had a big yeah. breakfast or something? He looks a bit, you know, he looks we a had, bit had a few hot dogs for breakfast. <laughs> we, we, we were going to ask you that, Richard. Now, does, I mean, you know, you've, you've probably breakfast with Jerry Chestnut on, on, the, on the day of the day. So what, what, what does he do? I mean, does he have anything? Does he leave room or does he have a light breakfast? What does he go with? Do you know what's funny? I, I remember years ago, because he's been a champ now for 14 years, but I remember years ago, we, I, I had to meet him in uh, L.A. for something, and we had lunch. And uh, I, I remember texting my brother saying, gosh, this guy eats slowly. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm kind of like, a, I'm like an all-business guy. I'm like, okay, let's get this lunch done. Let's go move to the next thing. And he's like lingering over this salad. But uh, they don't eat their, no, they don't eat in the morning. But, you know, competitive eaters will say for years, you know, you don't want to uh, fast fully because then your stomach it inhibits your your stomach from expanding mm. so they drink a lot of fluids i don't know exactly what joey's technique is but I, I will say you mentioned after the contest i was with him we had like some cbs feed from our booth and he uh he did look a little fatigued like he had just run a marathon right um he had a and, real and, meat and then, sweat on at the end joey I'm not, I'm, not surprised. Sure. I'm not surprised <laughs> is there i mean is there can he can he go again is it is it is it a young man's game uh this sort of thing does it does it catch up on people does it catch up with people he has in put on weights so because they, they showed him through the years and he was yeah. quite skinny wasn't yeah. he when he started now he's a normal so was i mate yeah he's a normal looking look guy mirror, now Andy. but he you yeah. know he, he obviously has you know it doesn't seem to make any difference one bloke's a personal trainer he's eaten 121 gyoza you know there's japanese yeah. dumplings yeah Blimey. that's right i mean we're often you know we receive many of the the female contestants are always very petite people don't have a expectation of what a competitive eater looks like and they're they're virtually always wrong yeah it's funny we, we used to have those big buffet sort of buster you know, portly American, you know, guys that you would imagine. And, and, and those were the guys we were targeting when we built this league where like, it would be out barking on a, on a, on a uh, boardwalk somewhere and would see the big guys and like, they're going to eat the hot dogs. Turns out it's actually the more fit, uh, competitive type of person in you know, a typical sort of like fit person, uh, body type that does well. And so Joey has aged a bit. He was talking about that. He says it's not, he doesn't bounce back as quickly as he used to. You know, and that's that's uh, you know that's giving the younger eaters a little bit of hope that maybe someday he falls off. 
I thought it was good that you had Gideon Oji, who was the kale-eating champion, because at least it's something healthy. Especially in kind of Brooklyn, yes. a bit shishi around there. They would like to have seen some kale being consumed, wouldn't they, really? There are, there are some. There, It's a little, yeah, it's a little Reeve Gosh in Brooklyn these days. It's a little hipster. So, um, yeah, he's the kale-eating champ. Gideon Oji, six foot nine. Uh, he's the tallest man in competitive eating. It's unbelievable. Wow. Now this is mm. this trip is on my bucket list, and there's no World Cup next summer, so oh, I may be. well go see on. you. This is this is my go optimum chance to go. No Euros, no World Cup, and I. No, no, is there Test cricket next year? Well, uh, yeah, do I do Test cricket every year. We well, we, we, we do, have yeah. we have Test cricket all the yeah, time. I mean, unless... I, I listen to that for like I want you to know as an American, my son and I listen to that, and in an effort, like, I love listening to it on YouTube. I get the live feed. Fantastic. It's just so peaceful. It's so peaceful. But we should bring these two great houses together and introduce you to Mike Gatting. <laughs> well, we can talk about we can talk about pigeons and like who brought over little well. cakes and whatnot. Yes. Brilliant. Great, great to talk to you, Richard. Hopefully, see you next year. Yes. And uh, thanks Fantastic. for another brilliant world uh, world uh, tournament. The the and yeah, we have to salute Joey Chestnut. Give him our congratulations. Tremendous. Well done All to right. him. I will I will get you a laminate next July four, guys. Oh, Take care. God bless you. Oh, Thank you. Be good. There we are, Richard Shea, their president of Major League Eating and yeah Jerry Chestnut did it again 76 hot dogs yeah. we should also Gat salute used to do competitive teas <laughs> they could have four yeah. they should if they introduce the cricket tea uh, to the the totally kidding Gat anyway so <laughs> he used to go to an all you eat Chinese and they used to sort of it went out of business <laughs> no it did it was a brilliant he was a regular now and it went out of business I don't know if the two things were linked or not but uh, yeah imagine that a cricket tea consuming 28 cricket teas in 10 minutes it'd be fantastic the old that would be a sensation wouldn't it I'm standing there saluting the crowd in Brooklyn not good the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. The Talk Sport Clips of the Week. Clips of the Week pewter, unedited, unvarnished clips uh, as they were the day they were born in November, December 2007. We're not promising gold, we're just pro- promising you pewter. A little just dip in to the archive <laughs> I quite like them at random. <laughs> uh, we begin with Alan Brazil kicking off the breakfast show in the style of his sponsor. Good morning, eight minutes after six o'clock. You're listening to the Alan Brazil Sports Breakfast with me, Alan Brazil, Porky Party, and of course, Ford. <coughs> it did sound a bit like a car starting, didn't it? Did. Very impressive, yeah. Pewter, you're right. This is Andy Townsend now, alongside Mike Parry, giving out some contact details. If you're going to an FA Cup game mm. and you want to see how you can reduce your carbon footprint, then go to www.carbonfootyprint.com. That's mm-hmm. carbonfootyprint, F-O-O-T-Y, yeah. carbonfootyprint.com. Best Car- of luck with that carbon- I'll just repeat that, Andy, in case they haven't got it. Carbonfootyprint.com. Okay, well, no, right. it's just that in case people think footy is F-O-O-T-I-E, Michael. Well, no, it's F-O-T-Y as in footy. You're quite right. <laughs> That's what I don't think it is, Mike. Forty. Well, we were ahead of our time, weren't we? Oh, yeah. Greta Thunberg was barely alive at that point. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Mike Parry kicked this whole thing off. Why is he not being lauded at the UN with pigtails? Anyway, Anyway, uh, we'll never know. Uh, Back to breakfast and Ronnie Arani and Alan Brazil discussing their favourite Bond girls. Times have changed, actually, a bit since 2007. Pussy Galore was good. I what, was the name? what was her name? I can't remember her name. Anna Blackman. I just was it? Yeah. Oh. She'd be about ninety-two now. Hail Berry. Met her in Madrid. Oh, okay. Hail Berry. <laughs> Hail Berry. What? Yeah. Hail Berry. Was that the way you greeted her? Hail Berry. That's Trevor Francis at the end of an American football match. <laughs> it was. It was a complete Hail Berry. It would be. Yeah. <laughs> and on a similar note, this is the Moose talking musicals with Ian Collins. <laughs> she likes Oliver and the Sound of Music and um... Annie. Oh, no, what's the one where the... the oh, I've forgotten it now. Uh, Reg, Reg, Harrison. Reg Harrison teaches the woman how to speak properly. Reg Harrison. Sir Reg Harrison to you. How can a woman, etc. Yes. Yes, that's right. Well, good old Moose. He never, he never did take over the showbiz section on that, <laughs> no. did he, long term. Over to John Gaunt now, reading out a text. Gaunty, I'm Scottish, and if the police up here get their eyes backdated, so should the rest of the UK. And that goes for everything else. It's all become a big joke. Oh no, from big joke in Ayrshire or big jock in Ayrshire. Yeah, no, big jock, not big joke. <laughs> but he took that well. Oh, big jock, don't come looking for Gaunty now. Call him a big joke. <laughs> Back to Adam Brazil again. This time talking boxing. 
And one more, Damon Essex, Alan Sugar Ray Leonard versus Hearns. Alan Sugar Ray Leonard is what he called himself <laughs> then during his fighting days. Uh, um, to earn your yes. fight. Here's uh, Mike Parry um, having something of a Christmas rent to Alan Brazil. Happy Christmas has been eradicated by some card companies. And it's not just me saying this. Jack Straw is saying this. Jack Straw, there you go. There's a Christmas name. Because what did the baby Jesus put its head on in the manger in the crib? Straw, of course. So there you go. Old Jack Straw is the minister for Christmas. Because his name is Straw, because he's saying, bring back Christmas cards, it's Happy Christmas. We all agree with that, don't we? You must agree with it. Give us a call and tell us about your annoyance at not being able to get Christmas cards with the words Happy Christmas Mm. on them. Uh, Talking to Jesus, let's hear from uh, Fergie. Great segue. Barry thumping the desk. Yeah, you can hear him thumping. That was him thumping the desk, not us. We'd like to point out. Okay. Yes. Uh, Our man in the Midlands, Nigel Pearson now, taking a call. Julie's on the line on 08717-223344. Julianne, it is, in Luton. Hiya, Julianne. (laughs) Hello, mate. It's Julian. (laughs) (laughs) Priority to women callers. Hello, mate. It's Julian. (laughs) Um, Yes, now back to Andy Townsend and Mike Parry. uh, Talking about the weather. Hey, old Ricky the Roofer will struggle this weather, Mike. <laughs> Ricky the Roofer, he certainly will. Uh, he's probably got a, a waterproof hammer or something like that. I don't think they exist. <laughs> what is Maybe you should, you should take one into the it's den. Like a hammer with an umbrella. Parry, I'm looking for 50,000 for 20% of my business in waterproof hammers. <laughs> this is newsreader Bill Bingham with the cricket news. Sri Lanka will resume on 147 for four when the third test against England restarts in Gaul in an hour's time. England need to win to avoid defeat. Well, that, that, you can't argue with that. You can't argue with that. And finally... Same on Wednesday night, really. The last one from Mr Parry with a competition. OK, here we go. How many World Cups have Italy won? Oh, three. No, four. How many full-time managers have England had since Kevin Keegan? Not counting Capello. Three. No, two. How many months away is the Cheltenham Racing Festival? Oh, four. Three. How many T's in the word attachment? Four. Three. <laughs> <laughs> he just went out the whole time, was aggressive, <laughs> aggressive style of shouting out the competition oh, questions. Absolutely brilliant. So there we are. He was a clips machine back in the day. He was the mm. Joey Chestnut of clips. <laughs> he certainly was. Um, so there we are. Uh, it, uh, we'll bring you some more um, uh, classic clips pewter uh, when we're next with you. Um, so... What else have we got to do? We've got some bits and pieces from the listeners. These are rather good. Oh, good. Um, I was so nervous before the Germany game. Oh, yes, we should point out, because this was a while ago, we mm. set this up. Um, Andy was telling us some stories he heard of people that are saying, I will have to do the same thing now on Wednesday that I did on Saturday. Otherwise, I will bop and England. Last Tuesday, and right? last Tuesday. I was so nervous before the Germany game. I didn't feel like eating, says David in Romford. But I knew I had to eat. So I got myself a quarter pounder with cheese and a fillet of fish just for the stodge factor. Not bad for a bloke who's not hungry. Hungry, I would argue. <laughs> Needless to say, I did the same before the Ukraine game, and well, now I have to do it again on Wednesday and hopefully Sunday. This is weird because I generally don't eat in that establishment. I probably only go there once every five years or so, and uh, now I've seen be eating it every three days. <laughs> Things we do for our country, eh? Says well, it's very selfish right. of you. Very selfish Beautiful. of you, David. Doing your bit. Um, anymore. I'm from Wolverhampton and went to Newcastle for the weekend to see an old army mate. We sat in a pub for nine hours to guarantee a seat and had lunch and dinner in there. I don't think I could manage to do that again. <laughs> Some people are struggling with what they did to themselves that Saturday. Is a, that's uh, a long day, isn't that it? It's is a long session in the sun, yeah. No, no question. Um, I saw this story. Did you see the story about uh, Amazon tried to stop a fishmonger advertising Prime Day? Yes, uh, I did know, see that. They stepped back realising they'd yeah, been they a bit overzealous. Yeah, it was yeah. a bit much. It, uh, Martin in Harrods carpets are still going there. No, he hasn't had the cease and desist yet. Oh, okay, that's good. That's very good <laughs> I'm news. Reminded by that. You wonder. Do you know, it was interesting amongst yeah. they, they put Nuno's uh, team mm. together, his yeah, uh, yeah. coaching team together at Spurs. And I was reading the other day, it said Ledley King will no longer be one of Tottenham's uh, coaching team. He will uh, revert to his role as a club ambassador. There may be reasons for this, sound mm. reasons. Yeah. It may be that um, Ledley wanted to go off. I know he's, he's looking to complete sort of more of his badges so he can manage in his own right. He probably did enjoy that ambassador. There could be a lot of reasons coming from his end. But on the face of it, I'd like kind of like to know, because that sounds like a bit of mm. a bad move. I think sometimes having a foot in the old camp and knowing the culture of the club and the way it works. Yeah, a lot of and managers a, like that. A, a, a great player who could, you know, 
Um, it does seem a bit of an well, odd move that. Pep day, went it? for that with Brian Kidd. Didn't yeah, you know, this, exactly. It's a common I thing think, to do. Yeah, I'm so surprised. Look, as I really, said, I'm not going to cast aspersions on the set. Portuguese isn't great. No, I, I would imagine it's it, it's probably a two way street. But on the face of it, if mm. it isn't, that does seem a bit of a strange move. See, Thibaut Courtois' sister has had to apologise to Leonardo Spinazzola. It's another social media apology amongst hundreds and hundreds of each year. You just think, oh, don't, don't tweet, don't yeah. do it, just don't, you know. Because they're always, I mean, she's apologised now because, you know, Spinazzola's going to be out for about six months. Yeah. It was a bad injury, but she said at the time, effectively, oh, more time wasting. Yeah. I was surprised to hear Martin Cairn say, oh, I think he'll be fine for the next game. You could see he was so upset. You yeah. Players know, don't they? Yeah. They know when, no, they, he knew, he, when they're he knew it was a bad yeah, one, was, certainly. Was I was also, this, I haven't heard this song, or maybe I don't know it, but... Exatomic kitten singer Kerry Katona says she could not be prouder of the band's 2000 hit Hole Again becoming an unofficial. All the England Is fans, have, yeah, looking back on when we first met, you've heard that thousands no, of really? times. England fans I'll probably do if I find it for him, John. Well, we'll, well I'll hear him. But she says, listening Southgate, to the fans. Southgate, you're the one. Yes. Okay, listen to the fans. No, I can't say I have, or I can't <laughs> say I've noticed it. Okay. I, all I can hear is three lines, but there you go. Listening to the fans singing a song that brought me so much joy is lovely, she says. The changing of the lyrics is brilliant. They did so it at the Box Park. They, they sang it as, oh, a, yeah. as a group uh, the other day, the Southgate Mix. Oh, really? So, yeah, it was also in 2018 it kicked off. What have you been for the last three years? Well, I not listening, Not listening to Atomic <laughs> I probably Kitten. know. I probably can't associate... As soon as I hear it, I go, oh, that one. Oh, that one. We'll, we'll prove that in a few moments' time. We'll do an oh, that Did one. Did Kerry write it? I don't know. She no, no, no. It was uh, written by an army of uh, singers, I would imagine. I don't know. Do you want me to find out? Who wrote it? For, suddenly, for a bloke, <laughs> for a bloke who doesn't even know what it is, now wants to know who, what the publishing rights are. He's going to get a piece of it. Um, OK, I'll find out for you. OK, so who wrote it, Andy? Shall we find out for you? Yeah, it's one of Neil Diamond's. Uh, be, well, I imagine mm. it'd be one of the Hit Factory uh, so, writers. While you're looking for that, I'll tell you that the triumphant... Oh, no, I know who wrote it. Of course yeah. I know who wrote it. Uh, Andy McCluskey was one of the writers from Orchestral Manoeuvres in the Dark. Oh, well, there you go. That's, so you, you've hit on something there, of course. Oh, there, you, there yeah. you are. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll check it out on my way home on Spotify. OK, we'll find a bit. We'll find a bit for you. The triumphant fourth goal scored by Liverpool's Jordan Henderson provoked one fan to pour a whole pint over his head. Mm. This is for England, said a beer-drenched Jason Jennings, 26. <laughs> well done, mate. Yeah, <laughs> we told you last week uh, they worked out that 40,000 pints had been thrown in the air uh, at the previous game. There's probably even more on the weekend. Oh, it's a waste, isn't it, really? The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Um, I'm with Max tomorrow. Andy, you'll be back on Friday. Back on but Friday? Which Thursday, the Thursday, birthday, the birthday spread. spread. Yeah. We'll be hopefully building up to England in a European Championship. You confident? Very confident, good. yeah. Good, that's a good sign. So, uh, yeah, myself and Max, if you can join us, great. If not, podcast will be available as always from around 4.30. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.